future, talk radio will actually educate, inspire, and make you think. The future is now. Topics and music that affect your life from Universal Broadcasting Network. Tune in at ubnradio.com. She's passionate about telling stories of amazing women who are rocking the world and empowering women to live, love, and thrive. Here's your host, Catherine Gray. Thank you. Welcome to Live, Love, Thrive, Women's Empowerment Hour, brought to you by 360 Karma. Well, uh, this seems like a really great week for us to be talking about how to find peace within. And today, I have two very special guests. They both have different approaches to how they've found peace and clarity. First up, I'm going to have uh, Sam Morris, who is the founder of Zen Warrior Training. And then later in the show, from the Vedanta Institute, we're going to have uh, Natalie and Glenn Callahan, uh, who are going to share with us their ancient Indian philosophy. So... Please welcome Sam Morris. Hi, how are you? It's great to be here. Thank you, Catherine. Thank you for being here. Very well, thank you. Awesome. You have uh, such a fascinating story, and thank you for coming to share it. Oh, yeah, my Um, pleasure. First of all, uh, let's start uh, way back when. You, uh, I didn't even know this until we just uh, talked the other day, but uh, I understand you grew up on a blueberry farm. I did, an organic blueberry farm. Organic, that's a a key word there. Yeah, Yeah. one of the very few wild organic blueberry farms still in operation. Oh my gosh, it's still in operation in your family? Uh Uh-huh. Oh my yeah, gosh. my mom is still running the farm. They started in 1970, and they're still yeah. going strong. Yeah. So yeah. So when your family used that term, bought the farm, it was real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, that must have been a unique experience. Uh, you mentioned it being a little bit isolating, but very peaceful. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It, those early days of my life, I think when I was when my mind was forming. I spent a lot of time out in the woods and out on canoes uh, and on lakes and just experiencing the peace of nature. And that's something that really still sticks with me today. Yeah, especially living here in L.A. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Like polar opposite, like complete completely opposite in every way. But you're such a people person. I can't imagine you being isolated all that time. I mean, as wonderful as the peace is, I bet... It was a challenge not having a lot of people oh, around. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Kind of once the upside was, downside. Once I was 16 and I had a car, it was everything. It was all over. Was, <laughs> <laughs> Look out, yeah. here comes Sam. Huh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, so tell me... Um, urban setting like LA mm-hmm. um, find peace which mm-hmm. isn't always an easy thing to do nope right yep. um, but first of all let's share with the audience um, your situation that brought you to what you do today and that was um, that you had a terrible accident mm-hmm. wherein you were hit by a drunk driver I was in the backseat of a oh car you, driven you were by in the car driver. yeah in yeah. the car of the drunk driver yes. right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and and just tell us a little bit about that story and, and what happened yeah sure it was uh, November of 1999 and I had just finished leading a bicycling journey for nine teenagers across the United States so you were like a big athlete I was a big athlete I yeah. was an expert skier and, and snowboarder yeah. and yeah. Yeah, uh, I used to hike every chance I could get. I was a total outdoorsman. That was my focus. I was in college at the time. 
and I had just turned 24 years old, and only 80 days after finishing the bike journey, I was in that car accident, and it left me paraplegic, and I lost all sensation and motor function from my navel down when that happened. Oh, my God. How I mean, talk about life-changing. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Um, and so just to tell people, because um, I, I think it's good for them to understand what happened to you because um, to avoid it themselves, but you actually got in the car with somebody and then you realized they were drunk? Yeah, not yeah. realizing really that they had been drinking. Um, you know, I thought that they might have had a couple of drinks, but it was I was I was young and I was naive, and I just yeah. uh, you know hopped into the back seat of someone who's who I didn't even know. Right. And uh, he was a friend of a friend, and we were going out to celebrate my friend's birthday. And uh, yeah, so I I trusted someone I shouldn't have trusted. Right. Um, what would be your advice to uh, teenagers today about that to avoid what happened to you? Uh you know, when I was a teenager, I just thought I was invincible. Mm -hmm. And um, I think that's how a lot of teenagers feel. They right. just have this sort of notion that nothing is ever going to happen to them. And even though I had grown out of that at the time, and I was 24 at the time, uh, still there, was, there had to be some sort of lingering invincibility thing going on in my right. mind. Especially since you just biked across the country right. and yeah, right. feeling invincible. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and I know you explained to me, um, you know, what happened that night. So you got in the car, you realize at some point that the guy is really wasted. Yeah, within the first mile or so after leaving, I was, I was having this strong intuitive feeling that something really bad could happen. And I insisted that we stop, and we didn't. And we ended up uh, hitting a tree on the way to town. And you knew at that minute that... You were injured? Oh, yeah. I In that moment, I couldn't feel my legs anymore. Lost all sensation in my legs. And I knew I had actually just finished a wilderness first responder course, so I knew all about spinal cord injuries um, and how to treat people who were being evacuated with spinal cord injuries, but never did I guess that I would actually be the person wow. who would be being evacuated. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's really important in that situation that they get moved properly or yeah sta stabilize the body perfectly as well as mm -hmm. possible to prevent further injury yeah so you're 24 years old you're in this car accident and you are now paralyzed from the waist down mm -hmm. um, folks at home don't know that you're in a wheelchair to this day and but that you the cool thing about you Sam is you're such an inspiration to everybody mm -hmm. I know you speak and you created Zen Warrior to help other mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. um, not let any uh, any disabilities or anything get in their way that's right uh, rather they're disabled or not people let things get in their way of mm -hmm. finding peace and being productive right that's right and so um, tell us you know what your journey was I mean I know it was a long time from from that accident to where you are today, sure. you know, centered and helping other people. And yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, as soon as I got out of rehab and I was able to, I started studying movement and meditation with a movement master out here in L.A. named Emily Conrad. She's since passed. Uh, she started a program called Continuum Movement, which um, was life-changing for me because I realized when I was doing this movement and breath work and meditation, that while my body 
may have the symptoms of paralysis, my mind wasn't actually paralyzed. Right. And I was actually very much still a whole person. Right. And the movement and meditation and breath work really helped me to reestablish that sort of sense of wholeness of I've, I'm still the same person that I've always been, and I might lack sensation and motor function, but I'm still the same person. Right. And that has gotten deeper and deeper and deeper with time, um, really diving into wholeness, mm -hmm. into the sense of wholeness. And my practice of doing so for years and years and years ended up giving me this gift of um, being awakened, t in a sense, to where a lot of people are really stuck in not feeling whole, mm -hmm. in feeling paralyzed in their own way, paralyzed in their emotions, or paralyzed by the circumstances of life, right. or whatever. So it's not always And so physical. it gave me a lot of insight into that. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, very rarely is it physical. Right. Most of the time it's circumstantial, it some sort of emotional, emotional. thing. Yeah. 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 And, and so uh, what is Zen Warrior? Tell me a little bit about it, this Zen Warrior training. What does it involve? Yes, Zen Warrior training is a program that I developed to coach people through the process of getting in touch with themselves in the present moment. Mm -hmm. And so that they can learn how to welcome every experience that they're having rather than trying to filter out the experiences as good or bad or wrong or right or whatever. Right. And instead just get beyond the sort of duality thing right. and just welcome that each experience and every new moment is a new opportunity to be feeling whole and to be bringing more of our energy through into the world. And by practicing that art, uh, and I coach people and teach them breath work, teach them meditation, teach them through whatever tools that I've learned how to be able to transcend the stories in their mind that are preventing them from actually living in a state of wholeness and presence. Wow, that's powerful. So what kind of things do they do with you? Hmm. So um, I start by grounding people inside themselves, mm -hmm. first, first off, uh, helping them to to really notice what thoughts they are thinking, what feelings they are having, how they're identifying with their thoughts and their feelings. And uh, when I'm working privately with people, it's, I customize it to the individual, of course, but there's always a, um, a meditation and breath work element mm -hmm. because the meditation and the breath work help people to ground inside themselves, get out of their thoughts and feelings and their identification with them. And actually the breath, paying attention to the breath is the most amazing way of bringing you into the present moment and helping to filter out and digest feelings. Mm -hmm. Because our feelings are literally being trapped by our bodies. Mm -hmm. And we think that our feelings have something to do with our thoughts or whatever, but our thoughts and our feelings are just creating this sort of feedback right. loop, this undesirable feedback loop. But most of the time when people are caught in that feedback loop, right. they're actually not paying attention to their breath. Their breath well, let me is, ask you this, like in mm -hmm. today's, uh, just what's happening with today, a lot of people seem like they're in this, uh, uh, negative space, uh, depression, uh, upset with what's going on in the world, sure. um, which is an understatement <laughs> mm -hmm. to say that people are upset. Right. Uh, how would they utilize what you're doing to find peace in these times that are so stressful? Yeah, well, the first thing to do, uh, I think, is create a separation between oneself and mm -hmm. 
and what's the, happening. The, what's happening in the world. Right. Because people are swimming in that negative pool on a daily basis through yeah. social media and whatnot and just all consuming themselves with it. It's all they're thinking and talking about. And yeah. so you're saying separate it. Yes. You know, here's your yes. mind, body, soul, and positive thinking, and over here is what's happening. Exactly. And yeah. separating as opposed to isolating. Right. Not isolating from others and isolating from the culture, isolating from your belief systems. I'm not meaning being passive in any right. way. Right. But separating yourself out from the culture as a whole. And as a culture, we have to go through our own evolution. Mm -hmm. Individually, we have to go through our own evolution. But our individual evolution is all we can really focus on right. if we want to be able to impact the culture. Right. So if we focus outwardly, externally, and think that our lives are 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 being bombarded with all of this stuff Things that we don't like control. and beyond our control, and we let that happen, then that's where we are weakening ourselves. Mm -hmm. We're not actually empowering ourselves if we do that. Now, right. that doesn't mean there aren't things to address because there are always things to address. But if you're doing it from a state of victimhood, you're going to stay at a low energy vibration, right. basically. And as it's going to be really hard to impact change if you stay at that low energy vibration. As opposed to like being a positive, action-oriented activist. Yeah, or starting yeah. with neutral. A lot mm -hmm. of people think, oh, I've got to think positively, or da 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 I've got to tell myself all these affirmations or whatever. Well, try just neutral, you mm -hmm. know, as opposed to trying to think that you have to go from right. the negative reactivity all the way to positive. For some right. people, that's a big, big jump. Right. And so I suggest starting with just new neutralizing mm, all I've never heard that, neutral. So that I'm always thinking that you're positive or you're negative. I hadn't heard about neutral. Well, I don't know if I know what that would feel like. For me, what neutral means is that when I'm neutral, I can begin to have a positive experience. Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to put some kind of positive overlay right. on my thinking. You're just letting through, it be. Yeah, I'm just letting it be. And when I'm neutral, I'm just open to good experiences happening. Right, to right. Me. Open to the possibilities. Exactly. Um, I usually find that when people have had, uh, and everybody has obstacles, let's face it, right? We all have them. But that, that obstacle, and for you it would be the accident and the, the situation with your physicality, um, lends itself to the work that we're meant to do here. Absolutely. So would Absolutely. you say, had that accident not happened to you, you'd be a very different person? I mean, in a lot of ways, in yeah. In a lot of ways, yeah. I probably wouldn't be doing the work that I'm doing. Right, yeah. which is obviously and your calling. And the work that I'm doing is my calling. And, and it brings you a lot of happiness brings and brings me a ton of happiness. Yeah. To be able to take my experience and the intensity of the suffering that I've been through, and I didn't really elaborate, but I'll elaborate for a moment right now. Yeah. The accident itself wasn't where it ended. Right. I ended up spending three years bedridden two of which were in hospitals. Right. And so at that point, being in a wheelchair seemed like awesome. You know, oh, like oh, yeah. the idea of actually being back Mobile. in my wheelchair relative to that experience right, right. was, was um, an unbelievable amount of freedom. Yeah. And so... What a tenacity and strength to get through that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. I, I pride myself in my resilience. Yes, yes, I bet you do. <laughs> yeah. I mean... Yeah, yeah. I so mean, you were, I mean... You're a handsome, charismatic, you know, 
great shape guy. Thank you. I mean, I see. Uh, we also have a picture of you um, actually still skiing. Mm -hmm. So uh, it didn't hold you back to have this disability. Uh, you're still no. very athletic. And no, in fact, I've taught you're in, What magazine skiing. were you in? Uh, skiing we magazine. Yeah, skiing magazine. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's so cool that you ski. I mean, yeah. I think a lot of people didn't even know that if you were in a wheelchair, you could actually be able to do things like that. So, I mean, you're such an inspiration. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I, to, to, to finish, to wrap up that thought, I've really taken the extreme suffering that I've been through mm -hmm. and if I can help to alleviate other people's suffering through the extreme suffering that I've been through that just makes me happy right that yeah, brings such that fulfillment would. into my life sure have you helped other people that are um, in wheelchairs I have yeah I've worked with a few people in wheelchairs because I would mm -hmm. imagine um, you're an inspiration to all people but I would think if they identify with that that you're really an inspiration to them. Have you sure. helped them see things differently and help them? I think so. I've, uh, for the past few years, I've been teaching uh, workshops at the No Barriers Summit, which happens in a different location in the middle of the mountains every summer. It's the mm -hmm. most extraordinary organization, uh, No Barriers USA. And I teach meditation and breathwork workshops. And their attendees have all different abilities and disabilities, uh, everyone from paraplegics to amputees to quadriplegics to people with cognitive impairments to mm -hmm. blind people and deaf people. It's really extraordinary because all of them are pushing the boundaries of what is possible and living life in this way where they do not want to um, think of themselves as limited at all right and they want to keep on pushing what's possible and it's the most inspiring weekend of the entire year for wow. me wow yeah. wow where's that held this summer it's going to be in lake tahoe oh, uh, last summer it was in copper mountain colorado and the summer before it was in park city oh wow so this will be your third year this will be my third year yeah i'm actually going to be emceeing the closing ceremony at this oh, event oh cool yeah. and so you teach uh meditation and breathing at that event i will be yeah yeah mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's very cool mm -hmm. so um i know you have a partner megan yes who does a yoga wife, yes and mm -hmm. i was saying uh with the way times are today it's so great that you guys uh, both bring these awesome uh, techniques to the table for people um, because I know she does yoga and you do the meditation and breathing and together uh, you're, you're quite the team yes yeah. we are and we are there's peace. such a incredible synergy between us yeah. it's really a beautiful thing we're it's it's we've yeah. begun to see ourselves kind of as a power couple in this area and I love the story of how you two met tell me Tell, tell the audience about that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I got a call from a good friend of mine who uh, was taking yoga classes from my wife, who at the time I didn't know. And she said, hey, my yoga teacher is going to be in L.A. for the weekend. Uh, can she stay at your place? And I said, absolutely. Any friend of yours is a friend of mine. So uh, she just showed up at my door, and we've been together since. It's I been love close it. Close to ten years. Was it love at first sight? Yeah, it was. It That's was. cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And when she got there, she didn't know that you were in a wheelchair, right? Um, or did I she? I think she did know that I was in a. I think her friend told her that I was. Okay. I'm pretty sure. And so, um, uh, 
did you think it would be difficult uh, to meet somebody? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I had a huge amount of struggle. I mean, I'm just thinking how I would have felt. Like, you know, I mean, I can oh imagine gosh. that went across your mind. But it was, that was one of the hardest struggles that I had to endure for years. And it was, um, yeah, it was really, really challenging feeling like anywhere where I emotionally still felt broken. Mm-hmm. Like that my physical body somehow was a representation of being broken. Mm-hmm. And that was really, really challenging Something to Something you overcome. had to work on. That took years. Right. It took years. And realize yeah. how lucky she is and how lucky you are. And yeah. Well, yeah. it was really when I saw what a gift I could be to her world that all of that began to go away. Wow. She was definitely put in your life for a reason. Yeah. 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 And she's adorable and, mm. you know, wonderful girl. And you guys make a great couple. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm so happy you found love. Yes. Thank you. It's a rarity to find the right person. Uh, you know, I know everybody's seeking it out, but it's not easy to find. Well, we need to start with the right person being us. That's true. First and foremost. Yeah. Um, I think oftentimes the the biggest hurdle is thinking that we're going to find what we're looking for in someone else, that they're going to somehow complete fix us, us and complete fix us, the yeah. things that we don't like about like ourselves. Like that old, what was that movie, Jerry Maguire, mm. You Complete Me? Yeah, yeah. That was just like nauseating. Yeah, it yeah, just creates all of this codependency and then this, yeah. it creates all yeah, of this. Yeah, we have to be complete within ourselves and then we'll attract the right partner. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what's ahead for, for you? What's ahead for me is I'm currently developing an online platform where I'll be able to reach more people with Zen Warrior training with oh, video right. workshops, webinars, that oh, type awesome. of thing. Like on Zoom or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not sure what, what format I'll use, but I'm building that out right oh, now. Oh, that's great because I think there's people all over the world that oh, would love gosh, to have yeah. your Zen Warrior training. Yeah, and I'm pretty, yeah. pretty much filled up when it comes to people working with me privately, so this is the natural progression Absolutely. to extend Absolutely. How exciting. Online. Yeah. Yeah, so people you. can go to zenwarriortraining.com to learn more about your they can uh, pro, your you and your um, program. Yep, or on yeah. social media, facebook.com/zenwarriortraining, or at zwtraining on Twitter. So there's isn't it num- amazing now that we have of um, ways of getting social media and internet? I it don't really know what is. we did without it. How yeah. did we ever find anybody? <laughs> I know, I know. Yeah, yeah it's a, it's it's yeah. I agree. Do you and uh, Megan do any workshops together where it's... Uh... We have in the past. We've done, um, we've done a workshop. Uh, Seems like it'd be fun to do a, a re- weekend retreat. with you too, like yeah. a, a yoga and then meditation and breathing. Oh, and yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah, I think we should Coaching. start doing it more. We did it, yeah. we did it once before, and we've co-taught a couple of classes. But yeah. uh, Just before we wrap up, uh, I just wanted to ask you, do you have any example of uh, one of your clients that you've helped that you're particularly proud of? I mean, you don't have to say their name, but just their story. Uh, yeah, yeah. I have, um, well... One client who I work with who um, was in the midst of a very, very nasty divorce and um, through that experience, through my guidance and coaching and breathwork training and meditation training, she's now on the other side of that and experiencing an extraordinary amount of freedom and um, peace. peace and uh, just 
all things all things beautiful in life. Awesome. Um, so that's one example. I have many others as well, but that's one example. That's great. Well, keep doing the wonderful work you're doing. You're Thank you, You're an amazing Catherine. man. I'm so happy to know you. Thank you, Catherine. And uh, if anybody wants to get a hold of Sam, uh, it's um, zenwarriortraining.com. And we are going to be right back with uh, Natalie and Glenn uh, Callahan who are with Vedanta LA. So we'll be right back. The Live, Love, Thrive radio show is produced by 360karma.com. Are you a 360 Karma woman? If so, spread the word. Be sure to follow us on social media at 360 Karma Women on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please like us and share us with family and friends. This is the year of the woman, and we are stronger together. The Live, Love, Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of downtown Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. And we are back with Glenn and Natalie. Hi, guys. How are you? Good, thanks. Good. Well, I am excited to talk about, um, continue talking today about finding peace and clarity within. Um, but first, I kind of want to talk about your background and what brought you to uh, Vedanta and the in sure. ancient Indian uh, philosophies that you all study and, and uh, live in your life and share with other people. Um, so first tell me, I, I want to find out, uh, I want to tell the audience, since I know, um, about how you all met. So Natalie, you are from L.A., four generations, right? Yep. And Glenn, you are from New Zealand. Correct. So we'll start with that, and yeah. then we'll tell the audience how you guys ended up together. Sure. That sounds good. You know, how did you end up in L.A. and, and uh, New Zealand and end up together? It's quite an interesting road. story. Yeah. <laughs> so tell me about uh, growing up here in L.A. and, and how you ended up actually in, in, in India uh, learning this ancient um, Indian philosophy. Yeah, so I grew up um, in the heart of Los Angeles mm -hmm. and very much in the culture of um, how we term it as acquisition and enjoyment where everyone's focus is on getting more stuff mm -hmm. and finding more pleasure. Right. So what can I get and how can I find more pleasure through what I get? Right. And I saw that from high school. I remember a friend saying to me very clearly, I don't think your life is worth anything unless you're famous in fifth grade. Oh my gosh. And I, even at that age, I mean, how old are you in fifth grade? You're like 11. Yeah. It hit me. I was like, oh my God, what's going on? And yeah. that was the culture I was raised in was that what other people think and what you have in terms of your reputation and your finances and your beauty. And mm -hmm. I grew up in the world of, you know, beauty is everything kind of thing and big mm -hmm. is better. And this is because that's kind of the Beverly Hills culture, it is, L.A. But it's, culture. It's L.A. culture, but yeah. it's everywhere. Yeah. It's it, everywhere. It is everywhere, but I think um, in L.A. it might be on steroids. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah. that's the world I was raised in. So yeah. by the time I – and I also had um, seen in my family a lot of addiction and a lot of mm – -hmm. not only my family, mm -hmm. my community mm – -hmm. um, and friends and whatnot. friends yeah. and and mental health issues and physical health issues. So there was this the paradox between mm -hmm. having a lot mm -hmm. and being unhappy. Right. And at that time, I actually thought that if you don't have money, that's you're happy because I saw money oh. was misery. Right. Right. That was that was your experience. That was my experience. Right. So I went to college and. 
Um, I loved college because I'm naturally a student, and mm-hmm. but what ended up happening was I went through a depression in college. Mm-hmm. I left college in uh, my sophomore, junior year to go to Thailand to take a year off. Mm-hmm. And I went to Thailand, and I started traveling, and I started discovering spirituality. And I first discovered Buddhism and mm-hmm. did Vipassana meditations and really started exploring and started to realize that depression is not a, a psychological problem. Mm-hmm. For me, at least, it was a spiritual problem. Right. And so then I, without really yeah, knowing... Yeah, people in our country are so quick to take meds yeah. and whatnot. Oh, try to fix it. Fix the depression. You know, and the oh, doctors you just are need so this medicine. to give it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I've always thought it's such a, a natural thing we should be addressing, you know. Yeah. Spirituality, you know, uh, working out, eating right. I think all of that affects if somebody's oh, happy or not. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. So found uh, Buddhism actually at that stage in college, went back to school, finished school, mm-hmm. and started to develop a practice um, very gently, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just kind of dipping your York. toe in. Yeah. yeah. And then I just happened, well, I finished school, and my mom happened to be traveling to India mm-hmm. right when I finished college. Um, and I hadn't yet figured out what I was going to do. I was right. actually planning to do Teach for America, which is a program to teach edu- in schools, inner city schools in America. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, I'll wait. I'll go with you to India. I'm going to spend three months in India. Traveling by myself, that was my mm-hmm. plan. Just <laughs> trying to continue to find yourself. To, to find, yeah. well, I thought I was going to study yoga. Uh, I had no idea what yoga was because yeah. yoga in LA is asana or yoga classes. I had yeah. no idea what yoga was. Right. Um, but I was like, I'm going to study yoga. No <laughs> idea what I was talking about. And, um, yeah, so we went to India, and we landed mm-hmm. at this spa called Ananda Spa. At Ananda Spa, it's a world-class Ayurvedic spa, and they have Vedanta teachers there offering free classes in the morning and in the evening. And, and just so people know that are listening, Vedanta LA is is what you all brought from India here. Yeah. And and that is an, aca- an institute or academy over there that teaches this ancient Indian philosophy that you all study now. Yes. Right. So and so the first, um, your first introduction to it was at the spa. It was at the spa, They yeah. had classes from the institute as well as the book was there. Yeah. This and the book was written by the uh, founder. A. Parthasarati. He's right. the founder of the Vedanta Academy and he's also the author of 13 books. He's mm-hmm. now in his 90s. He's been studying and teaching Vedanta for over 60 years. He's wow. originally from Chennai. So his book was in the room that I was staying in at this resort and the teacher there, who was an alumni, he said, why don't you go check out the school and see, you know, you might be interested. I, you know, I had time. Mm-hmm. So I went, and second day I was like, this place is amazing. I mean, right. this is true education in personal development. This is true education, period. Right. And, it's a, and they offer a three-year course. And it just resonated with you immediately, right? Yeah, I mean, I remember yeah. going and just feeling like a child again. I just felt yeah. happy. I mean, not happy in the sense of a fake sort of pleasure, you could but like say. The, but the, like the genuine happiness of like a baby. Yeah, or you know, just un- like this carefree yeah. kind of feeling. Yeah. 
and being in a place where you can just study and take a pause. And so I asked the second day I was there, I was supposed to stay two weeks. I asked if I could stay three years and do the course. Wow. So at that point, wow, I, that was a huge commitment in a short time. But it was so easy. Like, yeah, and was I was such an indecisive person. And it was the easiest. I was like, I wow. couldn't make a decision of black or white. It was like yeah. completely crazy. And then, but this is so clear. Wow. And so I made the decision, stayed, and did the three-year course. Glenn had already finished his three-year course at mm -hmm. that point. He wasn't there when I arrived. He was in New Zealand because he had finished his three years. Wow. And then came back. And, and you came back, Glenn, to help teach there? No, or, the, or, um, the Vedanta Academy is run, as Natalie was saying, by Swami Patasati. He's the, the teacher who conducts all of the classes. My reason for going back was to deepen my understanding of the principles. So as Natalie said, it's a genuine education on self-development. Right. You're not just acquiring some information. You know, if you want to do a three-year course on physics, yeah. you go there, you understand the information, and you leave. Right. This is not about acquiring information. Right. This is about um, gaining wisdom so that you transform your personality and become more spiritually mature. I so see. it takes longer than just the acquisition of the information right. for the ideas to sort of seep into the personality and make you a more spiritually mature individual. And so you find a lot of the people who have completed the three-year course stay on for just that reason, to sort of consolidate the knowledge in a much more uh, real and meaningful way. Right. Now, when you live there, it's like going to school. It's like you're in training. You, you don't work there or you work there? or How does that work? You work. So, you, so it's almost like communal? Yeah. yeah. Ah, cool. So the schedule starts at 4 in the morning. Um, you wake up. There's a bell for 4.25. And everybody wakes up and comes together and you actually... Now, was that um, hard to adjust to, waking up at 4 in the morning? Um, not really. You go to bed at 9. Yeah. And your body adjusts really quickly. Mm -hmm. and, and this is something you two do now. You still yeah. practice that. You get yeah. up every morning at 4. And what is the purpose behind that? Is that like the most zen, quiet time? Or Zen know, is probably not the word we'd use, but um, the word we actually use is sattvic. Uh, what that basically means is it's the time of the day when the mind tends to be at its quietest. Wow. You, know, you find that in those early morning hours, you're much more prone to thinking, to questioning, mm -hmm. to contemplation. Mm -hmm. As 6.30 rolls around, you can start to feel a shift in the personality. Now you're starting to think about you know, the emails you need to write, the work you need to do, right. going for exercise. As the day wakes up, so do all of those more extroverted tendencies within the personality. Interesting. So in those I'm early definitely morning a morning hours, person. Yeah. I definitely love waking up, meditating exercising before I start my day yeah. but uh, it's interesting I've never tried waking up at four I might you know but there's a lot of research and even if there's yeah. an article in Business Insider about leading CEOs who wake up at four really so there's a lot yeah. of research that you I mean I've so I'm thinking I'm waking up early at six but by <laughs> then my mind is probably already in, yeah push in it fast back. gear try yeah. five yeah and see see what that hour is but the most important thing is um, a contemplative practice in that time. Right. And so our contemplative practice is study of the principles. Mm -hmm. So why we do that is because what we're trying to shift is our habit, our mental habits. Right. The way that we're perceiving the world is the way that we experience the world. So when we perceive the world in a flawed vision, right. 
then our experience is flawed in a way we get into emotional instability and depression right. and I'm so glad you're bringing this up because I, I do believe perception is everything and so what is, how do you guys um, navigate it yourselves and what do you tell others that are involved in your program or come to your program about the state of affairs that's happening right now that's left the country feeling a lot of, I mean I've never mm -hmm. seen the uh, the country feel so on edge, yeah. you know, and it seems like a program like this could help people. Yeah, yeah. And and so what would you tell them? Like, what? how would this? Yeah, it's, a, it's a very common question, actually. We've had yeah. it come up in our classes. Yeah? Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we're saying is, first of all, recognize that the way that you're feeling, the agitation that you're feeling is not because of the environment. Right. It's your perception of it? Well, it's because of the quality and the nature of your internal personality. Mm -hmm. Right. So um, there are three aspects to the human personality, a physical body, the emotions, which is the mind, and the intellect, which is the capacity to think. Mm -hmm. So what we tell people is that you've got to address all three of the aspects. So from the emotional perspective, we say, first of all, at least have gratitude for what you do have. Right. Take a moment to just stop, think about what you do have that is good. And right. that helps to defuse some of that negative feeling. I do a gratitude journal every night. Is that something that you guys recommend? Is it something? Each person needs to find what works personally for them. Right, right. But a, but a regular practice and yes. gratitude, which then has to flower to something more mature. Gratitude is, is a fantastic practice, mm -hmm. but it's still a level of immaturity that can be transcended okay. into something that we call devotion. Um, so that's for, for the emotions. For the intellect, we say a genuine, as Natalie was talking about, a genuine, regular practice of study. Mm -hmm. And that allows you to correctly assess your environment. Right. And when you have a correct assessment of the environment that you're living in, then it's a small step to accepting it. Right. And once you have accepted it, you no longer react to it with that same degree of conflict. Right. But you can't accept what you haven't assessed. Right. So you need to develop so you're, the intellect. So in the world of turmoil today, you assess it and then you accept it. Correct. In order for you to deal with it. Passive Correct. acceptance. Right. It's not this, okay, I'm right. just going to sit back. Mm. Because he, the entire principle of Vedanta, the, the purpose of the philosophy is action. Right. It's Everybody. how to act in the world according to your obligation. Right. But if you don't accept what's happening, you're acting based on ego and egocentric desire right. and you're right. acting based and we on know reaction. Who does that. All of us. All of us do All it. Of us. All of us do it. But we have Especially to one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean it's it's human nature. It is way. human nature, yes. But when you use when you have um, an understanding and an acceptance of your environment, yes. you're able to clearly see, okay, what is my role? Mm -hmm. What can I do practically? Mm -hmm. Let me figure that out and let me have the courage and conviction to do it right. without being flustered, without being angry, without being violent, without, right. you know, yes, and all, all of, of these things. things. Yes. And so that's how you can affect change. Flustered, it's, angry, and violent. That's you. You hit it right on the head. I mean, that's we have the to natural. Eliminate that. Yeah, that doesn't serve any purpose. It doesn't accomplish anything. Exactly. It, there's just. Uh, you know, I, I, I tell people that that are upset about what's going on. It, mm. I'm like, you know, swimming in that pool of negativity and just uh, woe is we is is not going to accomplish anything. Yeah. So that's actually yeah. the, you know, we talk about body, mind, and intellect. That's yeah. the channel for the physical body is your actions should be directed towards service. 
what can I do to serve my environment? Right. Mm-hmm. So this is the these are the three ways that we right. can start to deal with it. You know. And uh, I guess I'm very much of what you're doing must be tapping into f- finding your purpose. Yeah, yes. Right. Very much. A part so of it. what is our purpose here? What are we supposed to be doing? And as long as we're doing that, which always encompasses being of service in some capacity. That's where we find uh, this peace and clarity that you're talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah, when you act according to your particular nature, first mm-hmm. starts with understanding, okay, what is my tendency? Who am I? Mm-hmm. In the relative sense, what is my personality? What are, what are my tendencies from childhood? Mm-hmm. That we call, there's a word in Sanskrit called svadharma. When you figure out what your inherent nature mm-hmm. is, and then you act according to the obligation that not obligation in the negative sense but the the necessary requirement to fulfill that nature right then you find peace and you direct that nature towards service to the community so the philosophy is so helpful and beautiful and practical because it gives you the capacity to figure out what your calling is mm-hmm. and then how to direct your action in a way where you're fulfilling your calling so that you find happiness throughout your life while being dynamically active. Right. So you're not sitting back and I'm perfectly at peace meditating. You're acting, you're dynamic, but at the same time you feel this inner peace. And for that, for you two, that looks like doing the work you're doing here in L.A. I know you felt like there was a demand for what you were studying in India. Here in Los Angeles, people were yeah, asking you much. for it, and so you started the VedantaLA.org. Vedanta Institute um, Los Angeles. Yes. Right. And yeah. so now you all put on events. I know you have one coming up at Joshua Tree Correct. in April, mm-hmm. and people can go to VedantaLA.org to find out about that and other workshops and classes, and you work with corporate uh, clients mm-hmm. and schools. and. Our main work is our free weekly classes. Mm -hmm. So what we, like the core of our work really is free classes for the public. Almost every day of the week from Chatsworth to San Diego. We have free classes running, uh, mostly in the evenings. Mm -hmm. And they're welcome to anybody. And they're held at different venues. We don't yet have our own center, which Mm -hmm. we hope to have one day. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, these classes are really the the heart of the work because Mm -hmm. it's the consistent practice. Mm -hmm. A retreat is great because it gives you an opportunity to Mm -hmm. um, take a breath. But Mm -hmm. what we want to learn how to do, all of us, is how to embody like that Zen warrior, that peace in your life. Mm -hmm. If you're in the middle of Hollywood, if you're in the middle of Los Angeles and your job and your family and the news and Facebook and all this yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah, it can be really overwhelming. Yeah, we really want to help people to find a community and a space to learn in their mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. So That's the classes right. are, are, and you'll find the class schedule on our website, vedantala.org, but the classes are the, the heart of the work and then, yeah, corporate programs and we're working on a youth program. Um, we keep hearing from our parents is kids need this absolutely I remember you said to me you know they don't teach happiness in schools no and all they teach is meditation but meditation is not possible if your mind is agitated right so you need to learn how to understand your emotions in order to sit still so you literally went from this kind of depressed confused suffering uh, young lady to someone that has peace and purpose and clarity and happiness and 
that must no wonder you want to share it with everybody I mean it, it yeah and having a, a real I mean I didn't think it was yeah, possible a, to have a happy relationship like wow. that's the main thing I'll tell the audience <laughs> like yeah. that was a dream out of this world for me and yeah, like beautiful yeah and it's not like we're you know running along the beach holding hands it's not what our relationships like yeah. but we have a consistent dedicated relationship that we've never really fought right and so it's like that was completely impossible and the fact that you know I mean yeah ask my family like I'm totally transformed and it wasn't a conscious thing it was just diligent effort over time right right yeah. and that's the yeah. that's the really the key I mean any relationship whether it's a marriage relationship you know parent child friends whatever it is mm -hmm. you know, the key to maintaining that harmony is each one's commitment to their own self-development. Right. You know, you talk and about. And if it's just one person and not the other, that's that's what makes it difficult. Like you. No, have even that. Even if one, it. even if only one person is doing it, the relationship will be vastly improved. Oh, that's good to know. But because there's not always two people on board. Correct. Yeah. But yeah. you don't need both. Yeah. If, if but in a, a marriage, it's nice that both it's, are on board. It's, 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 it's much easier. Yeah. 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 <laughs> much, much and and so the ultimate story was that you all got married in yeah. India. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think we have a picture of that. Yeah, you guys look so happy and hmm. look like it's a good fit. Yeah, just based on, uh, I'm sure, a deep love. I mean, everything is, you know. Yeah, mostly it was just the shared purpose, actually. It's yeah. like, this is what we want to do. And, you know, regardless. Is this, is this uh, Vedanta, you know, based and steeped in uh, love? Yeah, yeah, not personal love, uh -huh. um, yeah. universal, Impersonal. yeah, not based on, like, we don't say I love you kind of thing, because love is transcendent beyond the relationship. There's a quote that we, that we love, uh, let your family be the center, not the boundary of your affection. Ah. So if you claim to love one person but not another, right. then the love that you claim for that person, it's a false love. You right. can't have love for just one person. I see. You have love. If you have love, love for, for people. Exactly. No matter what. Yeah. 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 If, to the That's a wonderful that philosophy love. because uh, so many different religions seem to think, oh well, we're only going to love our people. Yeah. <laughs> We are the people, you yeah. know, and, and that's, yeah. I've always thought that's so ridiculous. We yes. are all one, yeah. uh, all around the country, all around the world, no matter what ethnicity, religion, race, mm -hmm. uh, sexuality, we are all one, and we should be loving all. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what's really message. important. You know, we often have this idea of trying to find the right partner, the soulmate, the perfect person. Forget that. Mm -hmm. You know, if you are developing your own spiritual self, then you will be able to relate to the person you're with perfectly. So right. stop looking for the right partner and start looking to develop your own personality. And right. then within certain parameters, it doesn't matter who you marry. Right. You'll yeah. find that love, you'll find that commitment, you'll find that shared purpose. So, But it must be great that you both study this. I mean, it's a huge that help. would be your yeah. common ground. It's I would a think huge that would be a huge foundation. It's a huge, yeah, yeah. yeah. Big practically, we wake up at four. So. Yes, yeah, speak, <laughs> speak the same language, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Yes, well, it's a beautiful much. thing you all are doing. And I want to, you know, peop I like to make people aware of all the various things they could do to find peace and clarity. I think mm -hmm. there's something for everyone. Mm -hmm. I think it's not one size fits all, but yeah. it's so great to educate ourselves on what our options are. Yeah. And I personally had never heard of Vedanta, and so I thank you for, you know, making me aware of it and helping me to understand what well, a beautiful you. thing it is uh, for people to uh, take a look at, um, as is um, 
you know, Sam's Zen Warrior program that has helped himself and a lot of people. Um, there's just various things out there. I think the main thing is that people do something mm -hmm. to find that peace and clarity in themselves, yeah. whatever that is, yeah. and not be all consumed by all the craziness going on in the world today because it, it doesn't make for very happy people. Mm -hmm. And if you're not happy, you're not productive. And if you're not productive, it, you know, you're not probably serving your purpose. And you know, so it's beautiful what you guys are doing, and thank you for being here today thank and you sharing your story. Yeah. Um, so that would be the Vedanta uh, LA.org, and thank you so much for tuning in. I uh, hope that you visit them, and uh, we will see you here next week, uh, Wednesdays at noon on UBN. You can also find us, of course, on YouTube, iHeartRadio, iTunes, and other places. Thank you. Hugs and happiness. Make it a great week. The Live, Love, Thrive program is brought to you in part by Honda of downtown Los Angeles, supporting the equality and empowerment of women. The Live, Love, Thrive radio show is produced by 360karma.com. Are you a 360 Karma woman? If so, spread the word. Be sure to follow us on social media at 360 Karma Women on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please like us and share us with family and friends. This is the year of the woman, and we are stronger together.